Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the table at a dance competition? Exactly what are the judges looking for anyway? This is Making the Impact, a dance competition podcast. Each week, we'll cover a different topic related to the world of competitive dance from the perspective of the judges behind the table. As of this recording, the majority of the United States is under mandatory stay-at-home orders. All large gatherings have been canceled or postponed, and dance studios across the country have had to shut their doors and come up with a new way to do business. Virtual classes have now been going on for several weeks, and we've brought together two IDA judges and teachers who are in the thick of the virtual dance world to share a little about their experience. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Making the Impact. I'm your host, Courtney Ortiz, and I'm here today with my co-host, Leslie Naylor. Hi, podcast listeners. Today, we are here to talk about virtual teaching and what it's like for all of the teachers out there around the world currently to be teaching online. We're going to discuss this in full, and we have two IDA judges here with us. But before we jump into this episode... We, of course, want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening and subscribing throughout this entire season. It's been so much fun. We've had an absolute blast. We've just had such such a great time, and we couldn't have done it without you and your support. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Please keep subscribing. Please keep sharing with all of your dance friends if you want a new podcast to listen to. Also, don't forget to stay up to date with Impact Dance Adjudicators on social media. You can see Judges Tips every Tuesday, podcast launch every Monday, and we even have a new virtual dance competition, which has registration open now, so check it out. Joining us today, we have some superhero guests who are working hard to bring virtual classes to their studio. Let's get to know both of these fabulous IDA judges a little bit. So let's start off with Casey. Hey, Casey, how you doing? Hey, Courtney. I'm awesome. Excited to be here. Yay! I'm so happy to have you as well. Please feel free to share a little bit about you, where you're located, what you're up to, and any career credits you want to share. Yeah, so I am originally from Newport News, Virginia. So I grew up dancing there. I was, you know, a competition kid in studios my whole life, you know, up through high school. Then I I got my bachelor's of science in business administration. And I minored in dance at Christopher Newport University, which is just a liberal college in Virginia. And I was just lucky enough while I was there to work for SeaWorld Parks and Entertainment at Busch Gardens because it was right down the street. So that was my first intro into like the professional dance world, which was awesome. Yeah. So from there, I've done, I was with second company Giordano Dance Chicago for a year, which was just an amazing opportunity for training. I've performed at the Smoky Mountain Opry, done corporate gigs. Most recently, I was with RWS Entertainment Group and Holland America Cruise Lines. And now I am currently in Orlando, Florida. I'm teaching dance here. I'm a certified yoga instructor, so I'm teaching yoga. And I currently dance with a contemporary company here. So yeah, that's me. Awesome. Amazing. Thanks so much for being here. And next up is the fabulous Lainey. Hello, hello. Hello. So excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. Please feel free to share with the listeners a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from, and what you're up to. Yeah. So like she said, my name is Lainey. I am located in Iowa on the eastern side in the town of Cedar Rapids. I'm born and raised in Iowa, though I also spent a good chunk of my high school and first beginning years of college in Orlando. So neighboring where Casey's at now. And 
made the move back up to Iowa. My mom is a dance teacher as well, studio owner, now retired. But so, you know, growing up, I was, I was a studio kid. I was there, <laughs> but I was hanging on her leg. I was in her belly when she was teaching. So I just came by it naturally, though I haven't ever felt compelled to go and perform. Teaching has just always naturally been my heart and soul. Like the, the kids are everything to me and it's, it's where I find home. So I teach about six days a week at a local dance studio here in Cedar Rapids. I teach ages two to about 18. And then I am also the full-time dance team coach at Mount Mercy University. So I, I do spend a lot of time in the dance team world as well. A lot of times in the summer, I am choreographing for high school and college dance teams in the Midwest. Awesome. Amazing. So happy to have you both here. Thank you so much for joining us virtually and remotely <laughs> during this time. Ladies, thank you so much for being with us today. And I know with our new sort of normal of online learning and quarantine schedules that you guys are still probably just as busy, if not more busy than you were previously. So I just want to say thank you for making some time for us today. So I'm curious. So Lainey, you said you teach about six days a week. And uh, Casey, how often are you normally teaching? Normally, before we went to virtual classes, I teach at my studio two days a week. And then I'm teaching yoga probably three days a week. So pretty much fills up my schedule. Now it's down to one day. But yeah. Gotcha. So with your teaching schedule, Casey, is your yoga studio kind of doing the same thing? Like, are you having to do virtual classes there too? Uh, it's kind of funky. My yoga studio is not doing virtual classes. I teach at a studio that's actually part of a franchise. So they actually have their own like professionally done videos that our yoga students can go to online already. But I am actually teaching yoga for the dance studio. So we're kind of trying to supplement our students and our parents with as much extra things as we can for them because we know it's such a hard time and we want to make sure that they feel like they're being supported as well. So I'm actually teaching two or three yoga classes a week through the dance studio. Kids can take, the parents can take, whoever wants, your grandma, anybody. <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's, that's awesome. so great that you guys are incorporating something else, you know, into your curriculum online. Yeah. And, and I think that the students and the parents really like it. And I, I think the parents are seeing like, oh, wow, what a great extra thing. We're doing it for free for them. They don't have to pay anything extra. Um, so it's kind of been a nice way to get everybody involved in the family. So like, you know, your whole family can take yoga for an hour on Tuesday morning. Cool. Awesome. Well, that's, that's awesome that it's being well received. I like that. Lainey, what does your schedule look like now? So we actually decided to keep our regular class schedule that they would normally have here at the studio. So regardless of if that's a rehearsal time or a technique class that the student is taking, everything is still your same day and same time, which has been just, honestly, I was like, oh, is this going to even be possible? You know, but it's been so wonderful for me as a teacher. I know exactly what to expect. I am still taking the attendance, even though it's happening on Zoom. I mean, I bet I have a 99% attendance rate. It's just wonderful. Wow. And the students, because they are not in school, they love having their schedule. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, one of our, we had a nurse practitioner come into one of our rehearsals on Zoom and talk to the kids about how to stay 
you know, healthy mentally and physically in this time, though we are providing some of that, what's some other stuff that they can do on their own too? And she just reinforced to us as teachers and to them as students and their parents that, you know, their schedule is important for them. Their schedule to, to their young minds is safety. And so, you know, that is something we take pretty seriously as dance teachers is how are we, how are we growing them, keeping them safe? and, you know, still doing our work. So Zoom has been a wonderful, wonderful asset to this time that, you know, we're going through and uh, we do see light at the end of the tunnel. But yeah, we're, we're just maintaining that regular schedule. And, and so far, we've, we've really seen positive, you know, attendance and yeah, I'm still getting stuff done in my classes, I feel like. And I think it's all thanks to the mute button. Y'all are going to, it's going to be hard going back and not having a mute button. (laughs) I know. Casey, are you guys using Zoom or YouTube or how, how's your format going? Yeah. So we're using Zoom. What I really like about what my studio owner is doing is that we have our Zoom for our classes, but then she has a whole Google Drive for the students and for the teachers. So in her Google Drive, each teacher has a folder. And then in that folder, we can put their recital music up. We can post videos of their recital choreography. We have like a folder that we can put any like supplemental resources. So, you know, in there, I'll put things like Instagram links for people who are doing a live ballet bar or the Rockettes do a class every Tuesday at noon or whatever it is. So that that way the students can go in there and they can be like, oh my gosh, look at all these extra things I could be doing with dance. So we're kind of using that Google Drive as the resources for so many things, um, trying to give them as much as we possibly can, and then using Zoom to do the virtual classes. I love that. That Google Drive is, that's really smart because I know some of the things that I've been hearing about like having the YouTube classes is that, that the music will get flagged, you know, as you can't use this music and you have to set it as private and like sometimes the upload takes forever. So the Google Drive is that's really smart just because it's it's secure. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they have to have the link to get in there. And then I can post. It's been kind of interesting because I realized the importance of taking videos of your recital choreography in class, (laughs) which I pretty much did for half of my classes. So I'm re-recording them like in my house. So that's been kind of fun. They get to watch me do their recital dance. So that's great. <laughs> but it is to be group one, two, and three. Yes. yes, I'm like shouting group one, this arm. <laughs> but it's fun. And yeah, so it's really nice to be able to put that somewhere that they can continually look back on and keep up with all of that. Because it's it's so much harder to run your dances via Zoom or you know, virtually, but if they can continually look at it and practice it on their own, that's just another great resource. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm kind of curious to hear, since both of you are actively teaching on Zoom and online, I I actually personally haven't done so yet. I am planning to do some virtual convention stuff towards the end of the month, but I haven't done the Zoom teaching. And I just kind of need to know what it's like. I mean, how has it been I love the mute button, Lainey. I love that. I think every teacher is loving that. I think we're going to miss that when we go back to regular life, <laughs> like yep. in-person teaching. But how have you been doing adapting to this virtual style? I mean, where are you guys even filming? And are you going to the dance studio or are you finding a spot in your house that you're filming? How are you making this work? I'm just so curious. So for me, 
I live just about three miles from my dance studio. So nobody else is here. So I feel safe coming in here knowing it's cleaned and I'll lice all after myself. So some days I will come in here and teach and just prop it up. It's kind of nice that you can utilize the mirrors still so they can see me from the front and the back because I have done it at home where I've, you know, like been in my kitchen or my living room and I can turn around and so they can follow me on the correct side, but they still don't see the front, you know, which is right. like kind of like convention teaching where it's you're just hoping that you know what their hand's doing in front of their chest. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been here and there and I obviously prefer the space here. My one qualm that I have and it's it's purely selfish. No, it's not. It's it's that there's a there's a true exchange of energy that I'm missing with the kids, you know, and just their joy that they bring and, you know, that kind of that direct feedback where if they are on mute, I can't hear them laugh at my jokes <laughs> or I can't hear them, you know, huffing and puffing or they, you know, they can't ask the question outright as, as quick as they would like to or something. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's a small sacrifice, but it definitely, definitely that like true exchange of energy that you get in the room with your students is something that I feel like I'm missing. I keep calling this the knockoff version. like. The Zoom classes are like Walmart, but being actually here is Target. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Casey, any thoughts on, you know, how this experience has been for you and how you've been adapting to make it work? Yeah. And I, so my dance studio is about an hour from me. Oh, wow. Which is fun, (laughs) but I love them. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. So I am teaching my classes from home. So, you know, just fine. I've kind of you know, pushed couches and moved things around so that I can have an empty space. Being in Florida, all of our floors are tiles. So that's also fun. (laughs) But I mean, overall, so far, like my experience has been pretty good with it, especially in those younger classes, having the mute button is awesome. But my studio is actually combining classes. So I'll have, you know, two of the younger levels put together you know, the more advanced classes are all put together. So that's actually been really interesting and kind of cool. I feel like the the ones that are younger in the levels, able to see what the kids above them are doing. So they're kind of like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I'm in class with Macy today. Or like, you yeah. know, it's kind of like inspiring for them a little bit. And I think it's kind of helping to bring like the unity of the studio together. Because if they were just in their separate classes, you know, they don't get to see them passing in the hallway or like the older kids or watch them through the window, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's actually been kind of cool to see them interacting with each other and saying hi to each other and things like that. So like that aspect of it, I really like that we've been combining. But as far as teaching, it's, I mean, so far, so good. I think the only, I think one of the biggest drawbacks, exactly what Lainey was saying, I love the like banter with the kids and you know, my little ones, we always do question of the day. And so when when I signed on, they were like, Miss Casey, what's our question of the day? So I had to like ask them and then unmute one at a time so that they could tell me. (laughs) So just like little things like that, I do miss. And, you know, it is hard. There's a little bit of a with the musicality or timing of things. There's a little bit of that video lag. So it's just a little bit harder if you're if you're counting or if you're trying to see if they're doing things with the music. Musicality is a little bit tricky. But besides that, 
you know, so far so good. Yeah. We'll see how it continues to go. Yeah, I agree with Casey on that. The timing of things is like, <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm, if it's a rehearsal and I'm like, five, six, seven, eight, and, and they're actually not going until the next two, I'm like, oh, come, <laughs> come on. on. Like, this looks terrible. <laughs> Just go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. And I do know, I teach a lot of tap. I'm one of the only tap teachers here, really. So I do know that that's a hard one, too, because I, I mean, I can't even hear their feet. You know, they are muted. So I, I can't hear their feet at all. And, and maybe they're barefoot on their carpet at home. Who knows? But everybody's just kind of doing their best. But that's definitely one style for sure that I feel like I've had to go, okay, we are not going to be able to build the Great Wall today with this tap set. <laughs> like, we're going to have to do things a little bit slower because they can't hear me as well. There is that lag. I can't hear them and necessarily give them the feedback that they need per that particular style. And that's, you know, a downfall, you know, as far as that goes. But I do know like some of my girls too, for lyrical, they're like, I love doing lyrical at home because I feel like I can really let go and just be myself. And so that's cool. You know, that's a perk for that style. One thing I asked, knowing that I was going to come do this podcast, I was speaking to some of my older girls last night in a rehearsal and I said, hey, I know what I feel and I know that the, you know, my pros and cons, what are, what are some things you guys are feeling, you know, and, and get their actual feedback. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. They were about ninth graders ish, give or take. And so, you know, they're old enough to think they know everything at least, (laughs) but, but to provide some good feedback for me. And, and one of the girls, I loved this. She's like, I just miss the studio because, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm still dancing, but at home is where I relax. Like this is my, this is my chill zone. And so she's like, it's hard for me to mentally get in the headspace where I want to push myself because this isn't where I push myself, you know? So she misses, definitely misses being in here and feeling like she has, you know, kind of the, the energy around her and the space to, you know, go full out. That was, I thought that was a good insight because to me, I'm always like, yeah, I'll work from anywhere. You know, it doesn't affect me. My, I'm an energizer bunny. So wherever I'm planted, I'll go. But I thought that was a kind of a good perspective from the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, just, just thinking about, you know, where I live, I've been in this apartment for weeks, like, and th- that change of scenery, even if it's just go to another room or to go to a dance studio or to go somewhere, your energy level changes because you're just not stuck in the same place. And so that makes total sense, you know, that like, okay, I'm a student. I've been in this house for forever. And like, even if you do have a dedicated dance space, like if you've been able to do that in your home, it's still in your home. You know, you're still not, like you said, having that energy feeding back from your classmates and from your teacher and just the, the vibe of a certain space isn't there if it's just the space you've been in for four weeks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. One girl said, I've been trying to concentrate, but I've already heard them vacuum upstairs twice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what how I feel. I'm, I don't know how these dancers are doing it, honestly, like I give them all the props, because I like you said, Lainey, I I, I like the perspective of I'm thinking in the sense of that a lot of dancers probably feel like that they can let go, you know, like the lyrical example, like they're in their own bubble on zoom essentially like they don't have all of the other dancers watching them or if it's like improv or something they can just like improv in their room and be sort of in a safe place where they could even like turn off 
like the camera if they don't feel like everyone watching them. Like that's it's kind of nice to have that independence in the room instead of always being in a group setting. But at the same time, I can see the other flip side of it as some people might feed off of the energy of others and and miss that interaction. And I don't know how, what if people don't have a place to dance privately in their own home because they might have siblings or they might not have that extra space. I mean, everybody's living arrangements are very different all across the country. Some people might be blessed with tons of space and some people might share a bedroom with their other siblings and there is no bonus room to dance. So I, I'm kind of feeling for those dancers that don't have that space to really be able to, to zone in and concentrate on this is time for dance class because mom's vacuuming upstairs and my little baby sister's running around acting crazy, you know, like it's just it really depends on the atmosphere and the setting and that that's hard, I think, for a lot of people to be able to kind of navigate. Really, we've all just been having a blast and and really taking 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 it serious, but you know, knowing I think it's it's important for us as teachers, we've been gauging like, man, you know, I could tell last Thursday when they got the news that school was going to be canceled till April 30th instead of April 12th. You know, I could I could tell my girls were sad. I don't care if they were eight years old or if they were 18, they were sad. And, you know, so it just kind of, it, it kind of gave us the freedom, you know, to sit there and chat and, you know, click the unmute button and, and say, how are you guys feeling? You know, and mental health uh, for my students is something that we're, I feel so blessed. My boss that runs the studio is, is so adamant on keeping in check with the girls and, and, you know, really looking for signs and just being proactive on how we can create the best overall dance education for them just because, you know, the professional dance rate isn't a hundred percent, but them getting a job is a hundred percent when they get older, you know, how are we going to make, how are we going to make good, good people out of this? And so taking that time, you know, and going, how are you guys doing? Not just with your babas, how are you doing with being around your mom nonstop, being around your siblings nonstop? Are you, you know, some of my kids aren't very old and they're having to take care of their younger siblings nonstop. And that's big, you know, that's a huge change and that's a lot of responsibility for them. So, you know, aside from just the dance portion of things changing for our students, their home life, you know, we're, we are their escape. Right. And for, for some of these kids and for, you know, I would say most of them. And so when they, when they're not let outside of those walls to, to escape, you know, I got to figure out how in the heck do I intrude? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that, that, that's been important for me really to check on them on different levels of their life and their well-being. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, you know, you just totally hit the nail on the head, Lainey, that, you know, for so many kids who dance, like dance is the place they go to feel safe and to feel understood and to feel like they belong. And, you know, I'm just, I'm thinking about the kid, I don't even know that many kids who don't dance because, of course, we most of the kids we know dance. <laughs> but, you know, like, I feel bad for those kids because if they don't have that particular space, like, I guess it would be, I mean, I don't know anything about, like, being on a baseball team. But, like, maybe if you were on a baseball team, maybe they're doing the same thing with kids' baseball teams. I don't know. But I can't imagine that it feels the same as being in a physical space in four walls with the people that you dance with that are, that are your family. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, yeah. I assume it's got to be something like that, but it's, it's that physical space of feeling safe with those people and feeling understood because this is what we all do. 
So, you know, like you said, just as important as checking in on how is your Batma, you know, how's your heart? How's your soul? How's, how is this for you? Because, you know, like we were saying, it's different for everybody. I live in an apartment in New York City. I don't have a lot of room to go, you know, dance on my own. Some people have a giant basement studio, which I, you're totally right. I have been seeing a lot of that. I'm like, dang, y'all are all so lucky. I know. I I think so many teachers are, are like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that you had this space. Like, you know, it's it's really shocking to so many teachers, but it's also wonderful that so many dancers are able to have that luxury in their house or, you know, be able to practice at home whenever they want. It's really, it's really great. And shout out to all the parents, like you said, Lainey, who are stepping in and really helping make these like dance rooms possible for their little dancers at home. I love seeing that on the internet and everybody all the dads are like building everything for the for the kids. It's just <laughs> oh, so yeah. sweet. I love it. I was doing, I teach all jazz classes and we are obviously not about to whip out fuete turns in their living room, um, <laughs> but we can do fuete drills. So, you know, your leg can be an elastocone and you can plie releve. And I said to them, you know, if you want to, it was my older kids. And I was like, if you want to challenge yourself, just stay where you are. If you've got, you know, a wall or something you want to put your hand on. And so many of them whipped out their ballet bars. <laughs> they were like, hold on, Miss Casey. <laughs> and I was like, um. <laughs> All of them. I was like, all of you have ballet bars. Okay. You know, like little small portable ones. But I was shocked. And it was I like, I just had to laugh. I was like, that's actually amazing. I know all I had was the towel rack on my oven when I was. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, and then now, you know, whenever whenever this whole crisis is over we have to remind them to continue to use that ballet bar because it's like, (laughs) how how have you had this this whole time? And you're not working harder? Like, excuse me. (laughs) Like, I know what you have at home. So right Right, now there's no excuse. (laughs) Well, speaking of dancing at home, I know it's just something we wanted to talk about is safety of dancing at home. So do you have you guys run into any issues as far as the dancers dancing in a safe place? Because kind of like we said, some people may be blessed with a studio style space in their house but not everybody so some people are eat are dancing while their parents are eating in the kitchen like you said and they push the coffee table out of the way and maybe the ceiling fans running you know like what are has anything happened during your virtual classes and do you have any recommendations on how to stay safe while we are doing these classes online i think for our like our studio owner we they have to be at our studio they wear uniforms so whatever class they're in they have a specific set up for their you know ballet they've got their leotard and tights for musical theater they've got their leotard with black tights over for jazz all the things they have a different uniform that they wear so they have to wear their uniform their hair has to be in a bun and they have to have their shoes on so like we're not letting them dance in socks or barefoot just to say safe a lot of floors in florida do have tiles so we definitely don't want them in socks so i think that's a way to kind of help not only make them feel like they're going to dance class and like get into that headspace, but also to feel safe because they've got the correct like footwear on, they're wearing the correct clothes, their hair is out of their face. So those kind of things I think can really contribute to the safety. And then we are also, you know, verbally saying, make sure that there aren't toys laying around your feet. Make sure that your dog isn't laying there. And if he is, don't step on him. So just verbally saying those things, especially for the younger ones, I think kind of helps them, you know, okay, yes, let me make sure there's nothing around my feet. You know, I can stretch my arms out and not hit anything. 
And then I think it just comes down to also what we're asking them to do. And I've actually found that through jazz, it's actually been kind of a blessing to have a smaller space because when you're in the classroom, what they want to focus on are the tricks. And I just want to get my triple pirouette and I want to work on my switch leaps and I want to do my aerials and I just want to do all these things. But now that we have a smaller space, it's like I can finally... And I'm sure other teachers are feeling this too. Like we can finally start to focus on style and what exactly your body is doing in space. And they're into it because they're like, they realize I can't do a leap progression across my living room. I don't have the space for it. But wow, this is like, these contractions are really cool that Miss Casey's doing today. Or like this cool, like Fosse style is really awesome that we, you know, they're not always excited to do those things, especially the younger ones. And I think that's because they have all this space and they have all this energy and they want to just do the quantifiable things, the double pirouette. And can I do eight fouette turns? And can I do all these things? And now they get to focus on kind of working more towards that stylistic side. And so that's actually been like really cool and a really easy way to keep them safe because then they're not leaping onto their couch. So Yeah, I agree with Casey on that for sure. We also and still implement the uniforms, even when you're coming on to Zoom, better see a slick bun. And, you know, their their leotard, their tights, their correct shoes, whatever. That's something we've definitely been doing. And then, yeah, I mean, everybody's just working, you know, working with what they got. And, and typically, we just give any modifications. Hey, you know, especially if I'm teaching just like a combo or something fun, you know, in that class, if you can do a double, great. If you need to just go up to releve and move your arm, great. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and and it's another one of those things that's making them make a choice creatively. So it's not necessarily a negative side effect. It's maybe more of a positive that they're really within staying safe, getting to figure out where do I blossom creatively out of this or, you know, it just makes us all think in a different way, which I'm all about living outside the box. So, so to me, it's, it's been pretty simple. I mean, as far as, you know, keeping everybody safe, healthy, happy, it's just, yeah, it's been simple and fun. Good. Have you guys had any like weird or funny moments that you could share that have happened? Like you like with the dogs, like, oh, here's my dog. Like everybody's bringing their pet into dance class now. Yeah, I think so far, honestly, that's the biggest thing for me is they love to, you know, I am obsessed with my cats. So I tell my kids all about my cats and I show them a video every day. And they always ask me, Miss Casey, how are your cats doing? So like them getting to see my cats was just like so cool for them. They're like, Oh my gosh, is that Percy? You know? And so for me, like, I love it. I'm like, Oh my God, show me snowflake, like your little rabbit you've been telling me about, you know, but like just watching them you know, cross in front of the screen or they watch my cats do it and they just think it's so fun. And that's like the honestly the most exciting thing to me. I'm like, oh my God, let's just do a little show and tell before class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aside from real animals, I have also like, you know, when you're talking about the two year olds, the three year olds, the four year olds, the five year olds, the even six year olds, you know, they are <sighs> how okay, I'm like, okay, how am I gonna keep these little stinkers wrangled (laughs) in front of this screen, you know, and they're so interactive, you know, I, you know, we have a lot of shout out to discover dance curriculum, we use them in our lower level classes, 
and they, you know, they, she just has such amazing, you know, props and different things like that, that we use, you know, a tunnel to crawl through our little scarves that they normally would float around with little circle poly dots that they would normally jump on. Well, they don't have those at home. So that has kind of been important for me to come to the studio and film that type of stuff because then they can at least still see it. Mm. But without having, you know, that kind of stuff, I just go get a stuffed animal, go get two stuffed animals. Who cares? So that we all show our stuffed animals on the screen (laughs) and and use them as our audience or whatever. So that's been, that's been fun to, uh, okay, what, what does everybody have at home, you know, and just make the best out of out of that for the for the little people. Oh, I love that. That is yeah, so cute. I like that. I'm just kind of thinking of safety still in my brain. And I think that like we kind of all talked about when it came when it comes to safety is as teachers, we all know what is appropriate to be done at home and in you know, whatever their environment is. But I think it's worth mentioning that dancers need to be aware of what is safe for them when they're not taking class from their own teacher. Because as we've seen, there's so many free or low-cost virtual classes popping up all over the internet, which I have my own thoughts about the free virtual classes in, in general. But I love that our dance community is coming together and offering so many different opportunities for dancers at home during this time. However, Obviously, these teachers are not your teacher all the time. Then we also are changing the environment where we're in an unsafe space, essentially, because as dancers, you dance in a dance studio because it's safe. There are sprung floors, there's Marley floors, there's mirrors, your teachers are trained to watch you and keep you safe. But when we have that kind of disappear, and now you're dancing on the carpet in your living room, I feel like sometimes it's hard to control what the dancers are doing to make sure that it's safe. So I think it's worth mentioning, and we can, if anybody else has any thoughts on this, that we have to make sure as dancers to know and be smart about, okay, well, they want me to do this crazy roll on the floor, but I'm about to kick my living dining room table if I do this. So I'm not going to do this and I'm going to modify it or I'm going to mark this section when I'm taking these virtual classes and that's okay. So I think that that's my main concern with all of this virtual stuff is the safety. I think a lot of dancers, if they have space, are like, oh, well, I'm going to go dance on my driveway or I'm going to go dance on, you know, on the street. And I'm like, whoa, 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 no, 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 like, please do not do that. You do not know how bad that is for your knees and your joints and your body to be dancing on concrete. But that's the only space that they have. So they're like, oh, well, that where else am I supposed to dance? You know, so I think even even maybe parents need to hear that, too, because I know that running the virtual comp through IDA, a lot of people have said, oh, well, we don't we didn't film ours in our solo in the studio, can we film it at home? And my only request has been make sure it's a safe place. You as a parent should know what's safe for your dancer. And it's not just, a, you know, just to get into a virtual competition, you're going to risk the your dancer's body dancing on concrete or something. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think that's important to, to kind of mention because there are so many classes, which again, I love that these dancers have so many opportunities. But I think what's special about the Zoom classes with our teachers is that that's your teacher. They know you best. They're able to still watch you and interact with you and give you the corrections and say, hey, you're too close to that. Make sure that you move away from this next time, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's a, such a good point to for all of us to just remember and remind us to like educate 
our students and our parents of, you know, the other classes that they can take that are out there and everything you just said. So I think that's such a great point to continue to educate them in what's smart and what's safe. Yeah. One for sure style that like just pops to my head that, you know, I know a lot of studios offer and and I teach some as well. And I think this has honestly been my biggest challenge via virtual is acro. I mean, that is such a hands-on class, though I try to stay more, well, what are you strong enough for? You know, I don't want to literally be heave-hoeing you across the mat. I want you to be able to support yourself. So we're not doing anything that they can't necessarily do anyways. But that's one where I feel like, man, we can't even do a handstand against the wall, you know, like, and are you even safe? Are you going to execute, you know, the handstand into the bridge safely without slipping and falling? That's on me. Now, you know, which is another good point to bring up, which I'm sure a lot of studios maybe are doing, but if they haven't yet, they should definitely do it. You know, our liability covers us within these studio walls. Right. So when you go and you're teaching virtually and now they're in their home walls on my ditty, you know, they have to make sure you guys, if you haven't had them sign the virtual consent, you know, waiver that would, you know, affect your business if somebody were to get hurt on your watch, even if it's from their house, you know, that's still, that's still on us. So that's, that's another big, you know, thing to think about if you haven't already as a teacher or a student, or if you're a parent, you know, know, know your limits kind of in that sense too, that it's on, you know, we we are doing the best we can to keep you all safe, but, you know, staying interactive with your student. Sometimes I'm always kind of actually surprised how many parents will sit and watch their kid in class. You know, they'll still, I can still see them in the back you know, just making sure they're okay or whatever. Or even some though that just, you know, I haven't seen your parents at all, you know, which is fine. You're at home. But especially for some of the littler ones too, I'm like, that makes me a little nervous because, you know, especially for acro, we are hands-on, you know, that is, that is something where they need just a little extra physical guidance. So that's, that's one of the hardest classes for me to feel like I'm keeping everybody safe. But you just have to focus, find what you're going to focus on. And, you know, like for jazz, it's the style. Okay, for acro, we go on, we went, uh, the, the other acro teachers and I, okay, we're honing in on the strength. And not to say, oh, make sure you lower your expectations for the progress you were going to make. It's not that. It's just, it's what are we going to do safely and effectively? And then you have to build to that instead of what you thought you were going to do for recital, you know? So it's just been a it's just been a learning curve, you know, really for all of us. And that's all been to ensure our students are safe. Yeah. So speaking of recital, what right now as of this recording, what are y'all studios planning on doing? Have you had that conversation? Is it still we're waiting to see? Like what's what's the plan for you guys? I'm curious. Yeah, for for us, same. Our schools are technically as of now only closed until April 30th. So honestly, we're just playing it day by day, week by week, because, you know, as we all know, it's just been so unpredictable. And we just nobody knows what's going to happen in the next three weeks, in the next four weeks, in the next eight. So our plan is just to keep going with our virtual classes, adjusting as we need to. Um, our recital isn't scheduled until June 8th, I believe, something like that. So as of now, you know, we're continuing as if we're doing our recital. So, you know, we've got our recital music up for the kids, we've got their choreography up. 
any classes that haven't finished, we are planning on just like knocking it out the second we can get back into the studio. And then if we have to change and adapt that, I think our studio owner is like, you know, she's looking into all of her options because we want to make sure that, you know, they've been working so hard all year. And so who knows what it's going to lead to, but we want to make sure that they get to do something. And if so, we're going to try our best to make recital happen, but we just kind of have to go with the flow. Our favorite saying, you know, theater is live. So (laughs) you just kind of have to adapt and go with it. So that's kind of our plan. Yeah. I'm in the same boat as Casey. We're scheduled kind of that same weekend, second week of June for recital. And yeah, I mean, right now, you know, we we are running the same class schedule. So I can continue to work on their specific dance that they've been already working on or, you know, add on to it slowly. I don't want to overwhelm them with the material because it's just a, it's a different way to learn. And, it, you know, the student that could pick this up in two seconds is going to need a little longer to pick it up because it's just a different environment. But so as far as that goes, you know, we, we're still pushing the the recital material and, and hoping that it, that it goes forward. And the kids, of course, are all very excited and eager. They're, some of them have gotten their costumes already before all of this happened. And some are waiting to get their costumes and some of their costumes are here. And so they're, they're living in kind of that limbo of, well, well, what if, you know, what if, and it's just like, you know what, something's going to happen one way or the other and we'll, we'll all be okay. But yeah, definitely preparing for recital as if it's coming. And that's mainly because ours is, you know, middle-ish of June. But I do know people hold their recitals as early as end of April, beginning of May, you know, so I'm sure that they are in a, in a worse position because, recitals a source of revenue you know and it's their students also ultimate showcase so it's just an important time for us all so I hope everybody gets to at least do something even if they have to push it back. I think a a cool point is like we were talking about how like some parents are like watching the classes or they're in the same room Mm -hmm. and I think it's actually doing like such a service to the studio because now they're like literally hearing the classes and and kind of seeing like, oh, well, this is what happens in a dance class or like, oh, these teachers are actually like super knowledgeable or <laughs> wow, the way they talk to my kids is really cool. Like I've gotten a lot of messages from parents post-class saying like, oh my God, awesome jazz class today. Like, thank you so Aww. much. Like it was cool to like hear you. And so I think that all that can do is like boost the studio. That's so nice to hear though, because I've been curious too, like my mom owns a studio and that she's doing YouTube videos. So nothing is happening really on on a regular schedule. It's just available to you. You know, you're expected to log in and learn your new step for the routine and everything. I'm still of the mind of like, you know, that schedule is important. And I think that, you know, being in the class with your people. So again, like you said, your parents can hear what this class is like and they can see what it's like. So that's so nice to hear that it's like working out really well for you guys. Yeah, it's just it's just a cool way to like, you know, where. Parents just don't, they can sometimes watch if you've got a little window, but, you know, they don't always hear everything or they, they're not really sure what's going on in a dance class. And some just drop their kids off and go, which is awesome too, but they, they really don't know what's going on. And so I think it's just kind of a cool way for, you know, it's like always bring your parent to class. Day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, how, how it benefits the studio. I know that a lot of studios were really concerned about going virtual and scared about going virtual and 
oh my gosh, April tuition is coming up or the next month tuition's coming. Are people going to pay for this? You know, and a lot of studios have taken different approaches as to how they're going to make this happen as far as payment and tuition and things like that. But I've heard majority of dance teachers say that 90 to 95% of my dancers were at my virtual classes. And that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I think that when parents, like you said, Casey, are kind of like tuning in and listening in on these classes that their kids are taking at home, it's reassurance for them like, this is worth it. I made the right decision to keep my kid in class through all of this because of all the things we discussed for mental health purposes, to keep them on a schedule, to keep them active, to see their friends and have something to look forward to. And this is totally worth tuition. You know, I think that it's it's a reassurance thing for sure. And it's really rewarding for teachers to hear that. So parents, if you uh, want to tell your teachers how much you appreciate them and love them during this virtual class time, I think please tell them because like Casey said, I mean, it's just, it's so nice to hear sometimes. Honestly, the dance teachers are doing quadruple the amount of work than they probably have to do right now. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. dance teachers work so hard all the time. But you kind of get into a, a good routine. You know what to expect when you're walking into the studio for a regular, like, live in-person class. And not that they're not putting as much work into it. But like we've all said, as teachers ourselves, really have to switch our, our mindset and and how we structure class and how we can keep it safe and how we can work on certain things in a confined space and what is even able to be done on virtually online. So the teachers are, are actually working even harder to try to make that happen for your dancers. So feel free to give them a little, hey, we appreciate you. We love you. We support you from the parents because it really does. It makes a difference for the teachers. It keeps us going keeps us knowing that we why we do this we do it for the dancers we do it because we love to teach and we want to keep them inspired yeah totally and it's it's cool too to have that connection with the parents because you know a lot of time sometimes you you might only hear from a parent if maybe they're upset about something or maybe there's you know some there's something happening that they want to talk to you about and so it, it's it is cool to also make that connection with the parents in a really positive way as well and it just kind of like connects everybody so I've found that that's, it's just cool. Well, so ladies, to wrap up, can you just give us like a final thought about, you know, if there's any studios out there that are struggling with this time, like what's your biggest piece of advice and piece of like, pick me up advice to give them, you know, during this time? Because I know it's as rewarding as it can be. I know that there's stress involved in it too. And so anything you can share that will kind of inspire people who are having a hard time? you know, everybody's just doing their best. And it is, it's been so amazing, the people that, you know, we, we were nervous. And I mean, there's still, there still is uncertainty. But, you know, if you are a studio owner, you know, you are worried about, man, people's finances are, are becoming, you know, fewer and far between. What's the first thing to get cut? Extracurriculars. What's my business? Extracurricular, you know, so that makes it uncertain, you know, for us. And I know if, especially I'm thinking specifically of my boss and, you know, seeing my mom as that boss too, growing up, they are more concerned about their employees and their students than they are about themselves. And so they want to make sure they're still getting us paid and they want to make sure, you know, that student that they've had for five years is still here through this. You know, if you are able to offer some 
breaks as far as, you know, pay when you can, pay if you can. I know that we've opened up some donations, like if you feel like you could donate maybe to a family who would like to stay and dance, but is going through something hard, you know, let us know and we'll try to connect you and make that happen for another student. If you're feeling like we haven't been affected, we could give back. Yeah, I think that, you know, just overall, like fostering that excitement and creativity for teachers and, you know, sending that towards your students, you know, sending that excitement about your class today, you know, I don't know, using social media to help get them excited. Here's a challenge for you guys, you know, a push-up challenge or a plank challenge or things like that. Just keeping everybody excited about what they're doing and keeping the love of dance alive. And then, you know, for teachers, if you're finding it hard to figure out what content to put into your classes, I think it's just such an amazing time to really dive into your research, like your dance history and what stylistic movements in every genre can you start to bring to your kids if you haven't already and so I think that it's just such an awesome time for that to help foster our history and just the love of dance we hope you enjoyed this week's episode all about virtual classes if you'd like to follow our guests on Instagram you can find Casey at Casey DePerzio and Lainey at Lainey.uit Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts now to rate us and leave us a fabulous review. We love hearing from all of you listeners, and we may even share your review live on the air in an upcoming episode. Do you have a dance competition question you've been dying to ask a judge? Now's your chance to send us your questions. We might answer them on the show and give you a shout out, or you can choose to remain anonymous. Submit your questions to us on our website at www.impactdanceadjudicators.com slash podcast via audio or text. Hey dancers, have you heard about IDA's new virtual dance competition? Open a soloist through groups, our online-only event takes place right from the comfort of your home. Submit your video now to receive personalized feedback from the best judges in the business. We offer customized judging panels, additional feedback, and even teacher-only critiques to help take your performance to the next level. Dancers can win sponsored prizes, judges' choice awards, and our high-score overalls will win cash. Interested in competing? Head to our website now and register your dance to compete alongside others from around the world. We can't wait to see you on the virtual stage. Coming up in the next few weeks of Making the Impact, we've got some awesome topics, including musical theater at competition, the April edition of Q&A with Courtney, and some bonus episodes. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and tune in every Monday for new episodes. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Making the Impact. We hope you and your dance families are staying safe and healthy. Until next time, keep dancing.